As our boys and girls go out, I also want to invite you to find uh, a copy of the Bible. We're going to be opening it up and following it this morning. Hay Biblias detrás que pueden usar y les invito a que agarren y que abran sus Biblias. There are two scriptures that we are going to be reading. Hay dos textos hoy. They're both from the Gospel according to Matthew as we're in this series on the Gospel of Matthew. Los dos vienen de Mateo. And the first one is from Matthew chapter 7. Verses 24 through 29. Primero Mateo 7, 24, 29. And then the second reading, just a few verses later, will be Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. Después Mateo 8, 5 al 10. And up on the screen there, uh, you'll find some page numbers. Those are tied to the Bibles in the back to help you find those scriptures. La página indica donde están los textos en las Biblias de atrás que pueden usar. And I want to just emphasize that we're reading these two texts, but really our whole focus today is on all of chapter 7 and all of chapter 8. We're covering a lot of material here. Estamos cubriendo todo el capítulo 7 y 8 en esta serie. And so uh, this is the good news of our Lord, el Evangelio de nuestro Señor. Jesus is speaking here in this first reading. Jesús habla. This is what he says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine... And puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash." When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Dice Jesús, por tanto, todo el que me oye estas palabras y las pone en práctica es como un hombre prudente que construyó su casa sobre la roca. Cayeron las lluvias, crecieron los ríos y soplaron los vientos y azotaron aquella casa. Con todo, la casa no se derrumbó porque estaba cimentada sobre la roca. Pero todo el que me oye estas palabras y no las pone en práctica es como un hombre insensato que construyó su casa sobre la arena. Cayeron las lluvias, crecieron los ríos y soplaron los vientos y azotaron aquella casa y esta se derrumbó y grande fue su ruina. Cuando Jesús terminó de decir esas cosas, las multitudes se asombraron de su enseñanza porque les enseñaba como quien tenía autoridad y no como los maestros de la ley. Vamos a ir a Matthew 8, 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Al entrar Jesús en Capernaum, se le acercó un centurión pidiendo ayuda. Señor, mi siervo está postrado en casa con parálisis y sufre terriblemente. Iré a sanarlo, respondió Jesús. Señor, no merezco que entres bajo mi techo, pero basta con que digas una sola palabra y mi siervo quedará sano. 
porque yo mismo soy un hombre sujeto a órdenes superiores y además tengo soldados bajo mi autoridad. Le digo a uno, ve y va, y al otro, ven y viene. Le digo a mi siervo, haz esto y lo hace. Al oír esto, Jesús se asombró y dijo a quienes lo seguían, les aseguro que no he encontrado en Israel a nadie que tenga tanta fe. Those of you who know me uh, probably have heard me say this. I, over the years, have been involved in, and I really do love, uh, the theater. I've been involved in a lot of things having to do with drama. Me involucrado a lo largo de los años con el teatro. Uh, when I was in high school, when I was in college, I was actually in a number of productions and I acted in the theater. Yo era actor de, de dramas en la universidad. Uh, that's me there as a young man right in the middle. Uh, and uh, Bye Bye Birdie, that was the name of that show. Um, and so I love the theater. In fact, in later years, I, I don't act in plays anymore, but I've gone to a number of plays. He asistido a muchos dramas. In fact, when we lived in New York City, Uh, for two years, my wife and I had the opportunity to actually see a couple Broadway shows, which was really fun. Fuimos a ver unos dramas en Broadway, hasta incluso cuando vivíamos en Nueva York. We saw uh, Miss Saigon on Broadway, amazing show. And then we also got to see a revival of the old musical Showboat, which was a tremendous uh, experience as well. Vimos dos dramas ahí en Broadway. It was a lot of fun. But as I think of all the things I've seen in theater and done over the years, there's One type of play that I've never really seen. Hay un tipo de drama que no he visto. I've heard about it. It's a kind of play or a kind of drama known as experimental theater. Se trata del teatro experimental. Now, as I understand it, in experimental theater, the ordinary rules of play acting, of drama, are kind of twisted and they're tossed out the window sometimes. Se van las normas regulares de teatro por la ventana en este teatro experimental. So, for example, in experimental theater, the actors are free uh, to some degree to change up their lines. They can say different things. They can change the story. Pueden cambiar la historia a veces los actores. Or, or they can do different things. Or sometimes in experimental theater, they can, they can actually go down and, would you like to come up? No, I won't let you do that. I won't make you do that. They'll come down and they'll pull in the audience. And they'll get the audience to, you know, to come up and participate in the show. A veces hacen uh, 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 que el público, el auditorio participe en el drama. Or uh, they may do other things as well. They may talk about what the other characters are thinking and doing and kind of give you psychoanalytics uh, of what's going on. Experimental theater is really different. Es un poco diferente because in a sense the, the actors have more freedom. The actors uh, are more in control. And in effect the, the author of the play, the playwright has surrendered a lot of, of his ability to control what's going on. El dramaturgo rinde mucho control. Now, if you're an actor in experimental theater, that's got to be a lot of fun. I mean, you could do whatever you want. Si eres actor, puede hacer lo que se te antoje. But if you're a, a playwright, I think that would be a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit dangerous, a little bit weird, especially if you're in the audience. If you're in the audience and one of these things that make you come up and put on stuff and do stupid things, I mean, it'd just be a little bit awkward, I would think. Uh, so maybe that's why experimental theater isn't all that popular, because it's just, you know, a little bit out of the ordinary. No es muy popular esta forma de teatro, porque es un poco difícil para el auditorio. I tell you about experimental theater, because as we think about our world, 
uh, there are people who might argue that all of human history, this world we live in, is really just one big adventure in experimental theater. A los que piensan que el mundo es como teatro experimental. We as human beings, we own the stage. We're the actors in this drama, and we can say and we can do whatever we want. Los seres humanos podemos hacer y, y decir lo que queremos hacer y, y decir. If there is an author out there, if there is a God, he's largely off to the side and he's really not involved in the action. Si hay un autor, si hay un Dios, no está involucrado en la historia. Oh, yeah, maybe there is a God who's kind of given us a rough outline of a general script to follow, but, but then he's just kind of backed off and let things go. Uh, Dios a lo mejor nos ha dado un guión, pero después ha dado un paso atrás. God either can't or he won't step in to change the way that things are. Dios no puede o quiere cambiar las cosas. And, and so we're living in a world where no one is really in control, and yet everybody thinks that they're in control, and who knows how this story is going to play out. Who knows how this is going to end. Todos pensamos tener control, y sin embargo nadie parece estar en control de todo lo que pasa. That's a view that many people in our day and age hold. But when we come to the Bible, the scriptures tell us that into the mess of human history, into this confused and often confusing story of our world, there has come one upon the stage of time and history who is a different kind of actor. Hay otro actor que ha venido a la historia según la Biblia. His name is Jesus. Es Jesús. And over the last few weeks as we've been delving into Matthew's gospel, we've been learning how Jesus has come on to the stage of our world. He's come from heaven down to earth, and Jesus has come, among other things, in order to write a different story. He's come to write a different story on top of the old story of human sin and human failure. Jesús ha venido a escribir una nueva historia y una historia diferente encima de la vieja historia del pecado. And that's what we've been seeing all along here in Matthew. And today, I think the same holds true. As we look at Matthew chapter 7 and 8, I want you to have in mind how Jesus is coming to rewrite the story. First of all, in the very beginning here in chapter 7, in capítulo 7, Jesus, in effect, begins chapter 7 by, by saying this, Remember who the author is. And the author is not you. Recuerden quién es el autor y ustedes no son los autores. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, 
it will be measured to you. No juzguen a nadie para que nadie los juzgue a ustedes, porque tal como juzguen se les juzgará con la medida que midan a otros se les medirá a ustedes. Jesus is saying, when you judge other people, you are putting yourself in the place of the author, and you are putting yourself in the authority of God, and you are treating others as if you know their story, as if you know where they're headed, and as if you know what's going to happen. Don't do that. No se pongan en el lugar de Dios como autor sabiendo la historia de alguna persona. Remember when you see that speck of dust in your brother's eye or sister's eye, you've got an eight by eight plank sticking out of yours. Esa astilla en la ojo de otra persona es una viga. Hay una viga saliendo del tuyo. So instead of putting yourself in the place of the author and finding fault with other people, how about this, Jesus says, how about going and finding the author and figuring out your place in the story? En vez de poner a ellos en el lugar de, de tuyo, encuentren al autor de la historia. And that's where he goes, beginning in verse 7. He says, ask. It will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Pidan y se les dará. Busquen, se encontrarán. Llamen y la puerta se les abrirá. Now, Bible scholars would tell me that, that this language of asking and seeking and knocking, it's talking about something that's continual. It's not just a one and done thing. He's saying, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on calling on the door. Keep on looking for the author of the story. Busquen en continuamente. Pidan continuamente. Llamen continuamente. Buscando al autor. This is talking about prayer, isn't it? Keep on knocking on heaven's door. Look for the author. If you're not sure where you are in your story, if you're not sure the way you should go, the author knows. Go after him. El autor conoce tu historia, busquen continuamente al autor. It goes back to Matthew 6:33 where Jesus says, "Seek first the kingdom of God." Busquen primero el reino de Dios and all these other things that you're looking after, they'll come in their proper place y las otras cosas se, serán por añadidura. Why, even sinners know how to give good gifts. They know how to take care of their kids. Aun pecadores saben cuidar de sus hijos. You have an author. You have a father. And he knows how to take care of you. So go to him. Seek him. Look for him. Love him above all else. Busquen al autor y amen al autor. That's really part of what the Ten Commandments are all about. Jesus has been taking us through really the Ten Commandments in a way, and he's saying, love God above everything else. You don't need to judge your neighbor. You've got to be busy loving him. Amen a Dios. And then he wraps it up in verse 12. He says, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. En todo, traten ustedes a los demás tal y como quieren que ellos los traten a ustedes. De hecho, esto es la ley y los Profetas, do unto others. Sounds a lot like love your neighbor as yourself. Amen a su prójimo como a su mismo. So 
Seek God above all else. Love God over everything else. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the summary of what the law is supposed to be about. Amen a Dios y amen a su prójimo como, como a sí mismo. So knock on the door of the author. Follow his road. Go through his gate and you will find the way to live. Sigan su camino y su puerta y van a encontrar la vida. Don't go off script. Don't depart on the road of experimental theater, doing whatever you think you'd like to do. That's the easy road. That's the wide road. And that road leads you through a gate that is off the cliff into destruction, into death. Ese camino es ancho, el camino que te lleva a la destrucción. Playing the fool is easy to do. Making stupid choices is the thing to do. Look for the narrow road. Go through the narrow gate. So few people are going that way. Busquen el camino estrecho, la puerta estrecha. And Jesus with this is, is basically saying, I'm the narrow road. I'm the narrow gate. Yo soy el camino estrecho, dice Jesús. Yo soy la puerta estrecha. And I have a role for you to play. I have a part for you to play in this story. And what is the part that we're to play? Well, we've been talking about it over the last few weeks. He says, I want you to be my repenters. Quiero que sean mis arrepentidos. Repent, turn away from the wide road. Turn your back to it. Follow me. Be my followers. Síganme. And as you do, I'm going to make you into fishers, fishers of people. You're going to be my salt. You're going to be my light. You're going to shine in the world so that others can get on the narrow road and go through the narrow gate and find eternal life. Van a ser mis pescadores para llamar a otros en el camino estrecho y la puerta estrecha hacia la vida eterna. So this is what you're after. This is the key. Follow me. And you'll discover your part in the story. And then, immediately after that, Jesus goes after some of the bad actors in the drama here. Jesús enfrenta a unos de los malos actores. They're the false prophets. They're the ones that are leading people away from the narrow road, onto the wide road. And without using the word, actually, Jesus calls them hypocrites. Jesús los llama hipócritas, aunque no usa esa palabra. How can I say that? Well, the word hypocrite, as we understand it, the origins of that word refers to people who, or to actors that were in Greek dramas in ancient Greece. Los hipócritas eran actores en dramas griegos. And the actors in Greek dramas would put on masks to portray different characters. Usaban máscaras para, para desempeñar sus papeles. And Jesus is calling these false prophets hypocrites because he says, watch out for them. They are wearing the mask of being gentle sheep, but behind the mask, they are ravenous wolves. They're going to eat you up. Están llevando la máscara de, de, de ser ovejas mansas, pero por dentro son lobos voraces. You can't always tell them by what they say. 
Their words seem to have authority. Sus palabras parecen tener autoridad. But look at the results of what they do. Miren sus frutos, sus resultados. Look at the fruit. You can't get good fruit from a good tree or from a bad tree. No puedes recibir buen fruto de un árbol malo. You can't get grapes from thorn bushes. You can't uh, uh, get uh, figs from thistles. No se puede cosechar uvas de, de, de espinos ni higos de cardos. Look at what they're doing. Those who are connected to the author, to God, they're going to follow his script. And their deeds will be following the scriptures. Look at the results of what they're doing. Los que siguen a Dios siguen el guión y las escrituras con buenas obras. But those who are pretending they will act out bad deeds that depart from God's script. That go away from what God's plan is. Los malos actores van a hacer cosas fuera del plan de Dios. In fact, on that day, at the very end, many are going to come and say, Oh, Lord, Lord, weren't we awesome? Didn't we do wonderful things for you? Didn't we go to church every Sunday? Didn't we sing with gusto? Didn't we uh, even do miracles? Señor, Señor, no hacíamos milagros y cantábamos en la iglesia como, como buenos cristianos. And I'll say, I don't know you. Only those who are connected to and know the author and do good deeds under his authority pass through the narrow gate into eternal life because they go through me, Jesus says. Solo los que conocen al autor y hacen sus obras pasarán por la puerta estrecha de la vida eterna. So be true, don't be false. Sean verídicos y no falsos. And then from there, Jesus goes on to basically say, not only should you be true, not false, be wise. Don't be foolish. Sean prudentes y no insensatos. You see, if you are playing the part of the fool, you're going to hear what I say, and then you won't do anything with it. You will be like someone who is building a house upon a foundation of shifting sand, upon little grains of all kinds of little parts and pieces of this world that none of it is solid and when you build a house on that there will come a day when, when life will get bigger than you and it will all come apart like a house of cards algún día si construyes tu casa sobre la arena vendrá la tempestad y se derrumbará la casa the wise are going to hear what the author says and do what the author says Los sabios escuchan y hacen lo que dicen, dice el autor. And they are like ones who build their houses upon a solid rock. Se construyen la casa sobre una roca. And that rock is so great and so strong when the storms of life, when the storms of the world, the flesh, the devil hit, that house will stand because it is embedded upon the rock solid reality. And that rock solid reality is me. Esa realidad que es la roca soy yo, dice Jesús, y los que construyen su vida sobre mí podrán enfrentar las tempestades de la vida. Here's the bottom line. Jesus here is saying that every day, every day we are either 
choosing to accept or to reject the author and the authority that he has in the decisions we make. Cada día estamos o rechazando o aceptando al autor y su autoridad. Those who recognize Jesus, those who look to him and his authority are the ones that are building their house upon the rock. Los que mira a Jesús construyen su casa sobre la roca. And when we recognize Jesus as the author of our story, here's what happens. We can trust that he has the authority to give us what we need to heal us, restore us, and lead us to where we need to go in spite of the problems and the stresses and strains of life. Cuando confiamos en Jesús como el autor, tenemos confianza que Él nos llevará a donde debemos estar porque Él es el autor con autoridad. Here's the deal. Verses 28 and 29, the very end of chapter 7, versículo 28, it says, When Jesus had finished Saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. Cuando Jesús terminó de decir esas cosas, las multitudes asombraron de su enseñanza porque les enseñaba como quien tenía autoridad, no como los maestros de la ley. Jesus taught as one who had authority. Why? Because he was connected to the author, connected to God. He is God with us. Él estuvo conectado con Dios y Él es Dios con nosotros. The word authority means, literally in the original language, it means out of the substance of or out of the essence of. Autoridad quiere decir de la esencia de algo. Jesus was not teaching out of the substance of what other people thought or other people said. That's what the Jewish teachers of the law did. They'd say, well, you're supposed to do this because Rabbi Hillel over here says do it. Or Rabbi Barakah over here says do it. Jesus says, you are to live this way. This is the way to go. This is the life. This is the truth. This is the way. Because I say so out of the essence of who I am. And out of the essence of Jesus is the essence of God. He's God with us. Jesús dice, deben seguir esto porque soy yo que digo de la esencia de quien soy yo y soy Dios. He is the author who's come down into the story as an actor in the story in order to rewrite the story. And he has authority to do that. Él tiene autoridad para reescribir la historia. And that's why he can teach on the law like this, because he's not only completed it, he says, I've done this perfectly, but he also wrote it. He wrote the law, he's completed the law, he's fulfilled the law, he has authority. Él ha escrito la ley, ha cumplido con la ley, y él tiene la autoridad. So, chapter 7, Jesus teaches as one with authority. Jesús tiene autoridad, capítulo 7. And then in chapter 8, what do you see? You see Jesus stepping out onto the stage to demonstrate that authority. In power, Jesús demuestra esa autoridad en capítulo 8. He heals a man with leprosy. 
And the man says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He says, yep, I'm willing. Go ahead. Go, go show the authorities. Go show the religious authorities what I've done. Sana un hombre con lepra y hasta le manda las autoridades religiosas. And then, in verse 5, the, the passage we just read, Jesus meets up with this Roman centurion, this non-Jew, this pagan, this supposedly somebody who's not really in the story of, of what God is going to do. Se encuentra con este centurion. And his servant is sick and paralyzed. Su siervo está paralizado. But this non-Jewish Roman soldier understands authority. El comprende la autoridad. He understands he's not worthy. I'm not worthy to have you in my house, Jesus. Comprende que no es, es digno de tener a Jesús en su casa. But just send the word. I know how this works. I'm under authority. I tell my soldiers to do stuff all the time. And it works. I know this is going to work. Because you are out of the essence of God. You have authority. Yo sé que puedes enviar la palabra. So Jesus heals the man's servant from afar. And where the crowds were amazed at Jesus' authority, Jesus is amazed at this man's grasp of authority and his tremendous faith. Jesús se asombra ante la fe de ese hombre como la multitud se asombró ante la autoridad de Jesús. And then Jesus goes on in chapter 8. He heals Peter's mother-in-law, uh, Sana la suegra de Pedro. That's a, a, another Jewish person that he heals. But then he turns around. He heals two Gentiles as well, two Gentile men who are plagued by demons. Después sana dos gentiles plagados por demonios. And so Jesus demonstrates that he has power to heal Jew. He has power to heal Gentile. He has authority to, to heal sickness and disease. He has authority to kick out demons and to send them running. Tiene autoridad sobre los demonios. And as if that weren't enough, in chapter 8, what do we also see? Jesus in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, stopping a storm in its tracks. With what? With authority. El calma una tempestad en el mar de Galilea. So you see, this is a thread and a theme that we're going to want to pay attention to in the rest of Matthew's gospel. It's a thread running all the way through. Es un tema que vamos a ver en el Evangelio de Mateo. All the way to the very end, chapter 28, where Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Se me ha dado toda autoridad en cielo y en la tierra. Jesus is the author who has entered the story as an actor. To rewrite the story. Jesús viene a escribir una historia diferente. He's not come just to rewrite the story with ink on paper. He has come to rewrite the entire story of human history with his blood written upon the scars of his body that he's going to change it all. This is good news. Jesús va a escribir con su sangre y su cuerpo la historia. He's not just coming to rewrite the story with a pen. He's coming to rewrite all of human history with the cross. That's how he does it. Va a escribir no con plumas sino con una cruz. So the author has authority. El autor tiene la autoridad.
So how is it that we dare to come to Jesus and try to write the story for him? How dare we come to Jesus and say, yes, Jesus, uh, I kind of like you and I'll follow you, but first, here are my conditions and provisos. ¿Cómo que nos atrevemos a decir a Jesús, te sigo, pero aquí mis condiciones? That's actually what two people attempt here in the middle of chapter 8. Dos hombres uh, intentan eso, beginning at verse 18. There's two, two different individuals that come to Jesus, and basically that's what they're saying. One comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I'm up for following you, but uh, I'm expecting a luxury hotel at the end of every day, okay? Uh, preferably a Hilton, maybe a Holiday Inn if, you know, if it's not too, too much for you, but that's what I want. Uh, quiero seguirte, pero espero un hotel de lujo cada día. Jesus says, you don't understand. Where I'm going, there will be days where there's no place to lay my head. Following me is not a picnic. Following me is going to be hard sometimes. Seguirme a mí va a ser duro a veces. Another one comes and says, Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll join your story. But first, let me finish the story with my family. I got to finish writing up the story where I buried my parents and everybody lived happily ever after. Then I'll come and follow you. Primero quiero reescribir la historia con mis padres. Después te sigo Jesús. He says this in chapter 8, 22. Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Sígueme y que deja que los muertos entierren a sus muertos. It sounds cold. But what he's saying simply is this. Follow me with no conditions. Síganme sin condición. It's either my way or the highway. And mi camino o el tuyo. And the highway is the broad, wide expressway that everybody else is taking. It's going to lead you off the cliff into eternal destruction and death. El camino ancho es el que te lleva a la, a la muerte. So if you want to be who you really are, if you want to live the way you're supposed to live, if you really want your story to be everything your story is meant to be, then you can't be in control. Si quieres ser quien eres y vivir como quieras y tener tu historia como quieras, no puedes estar en control. You're not writing this story. This is an experimental theater. I'm the author. I have authority. That's my part. I'm inviting you to come through me and find life. Yo soy el autor, tengo autoridad, es mi parte y les invito a la vida eterna. So really, when we look at chapter 7 and 8, the only question to answer is this. Will we follow the script? And will we follow the scriptures? Vamos a seguir el guión y las escrituras. Will we follow Jesus? And that's the invitation we have every single day. To trust Jesus Christ and his authority in the big things of life as well as the little things of life. Hay que confiar en Jesús con lo, lo grande y lo, lo pequeño de la vida. Because every single day, every 
single week. We're heading down a road. We're building a a house. The question is, which road are we on? What house are we building? ¿En qué camino estamos? ¿En qué casa? ¿Qué casa estamos construyendo? Next week, as Jason said, our, our church, we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper. Vamos a celebrar la Santa Cena. And the Lord's Supper is really about the story of what God has done for us through Jesus. Es la historia de lo que Dios ha hecho en Jesús. And we want to be ready for that. And that's why I hope you'll be able to stay after worship. The elders, I think, have some very encouraging and, and profound teaching to give us today. Espero que se queden para escuchar más de los ancianos. I just want to add my piece on this as we think about getting ready for the Lord's Supper. I believe that chapter 7 and chapter 8 of Matthew can actually help us to do that. Yo creo que estos dos capítulos nos pueden ayudar a preparar para la Santa Cena. As, as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper this next week, I want to invite you, look through chapter 7, look through chapter 8, and ask yourself the hard questions. For example, where, where have I judged other people? ¿Dónde he juzgado los demás? Where have I not sought after God in my life? Where have I not been asking and seeking and knocking? ¿Dónde no he buscado a Dios en mi vida? Where have I played the role of the hypocrite or even led others astray by my, by my actions? ¿Dónde he sido yo hipócrita? Where have I chosen the wide road instead of the, the narrow road of following Jesus? Uh, where have I played the part of the fool? Not listening and not obeying my Lord. ¿Dónde he sido necio y no he escuchado ni obedecido a mi Señor? The author has authority. And the author is the prime actor in the story. And the author is Jesus. El autor tiene autoridad y el autor es Jesús. I want to invite you to pray with me to him right now. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, we confess in these few moments that our distractions pull us in all kinds of directions. In fact, the world promotes to us daily a different script, a different narrative of what it means to live the good life. A diario el mundo nos da otro, otro camino de lo que es la vida abundante. How good it is to be reminded that what you offer us is so much better. You don't offer us self-help. You don't offer us substances that alter our consciousness. You don't offer us unlimited pleasure. You don't offer us work that enslaves us. You offer yourself. 
you offer us a new story. Nos ofreces, Señor, una nueva historia. No placeres de este mundo, ni drogas, ni, ni relaciones ilícitas, sino tu sed. I pray that today we can embrace you. Today we can follow you. Today we can listen. Today we can love you with all our heart, O oh God, and love our neighbors. Que hoy podamos escucharte, seguirte, amarte con todo el corazón y nuestro prójimo como a nosotros mismos. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you are changing stories. You are changing lives. Help us to join you in that great adventure. Que podamos estar en tu aventura de cambiar vidas, cambiar historias. Gracias, Señor. It's in your holy and precious and authoritative name that we pray. Amen.